0: god well listen uh there is a word from the lord who's ready for the word if you're ready for the word say i'm ready i'm ready ready. online if you're ready type i'm ready praise god listen uh so you know when i think about it there have been several times in my life when i've been driving and uh i went out driving and i should not have been on the road you know where i did not get the right amount of sleep anybody other than me ever been there and, you know, and you find yourself nodding a couple times. And, and then, you know, this happened. I remember one time specifically, and maybe I'm not, hopefully I'm not the only honest person in the house, where I've woken, I saw a bridge, right? And then I woke up a few moments later and saw the bridge in the rearview mirror. And I'm like, how on earth did I get? B- I don't even recollect or remember going under the bridge anybody other than me ever had an experience like that maybe not okay okay i see a couple hands you know well let let me let me come a little bit closer down your row how how many of you in here have ever text and drive and driven anybody okay be honest come on online put some hand up emojis okay or look down at your phone i see a whole bunch of how many of you uh, when you are texting, you know, and this has happened to me before because I can be honest, you know, where I've looked down at my phone and then I almost and my wife would be like, Bee! and I almost crashed. Or there have been moments where that has happened and I'm like, oh my gosh, and my heart is in my hands and it's been a number of times. How many of you, uh, something almost happened when you text and drive? okay, I see the hands here, were honest. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, I guess I'm going to ask you, I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. Did you stop? Did you stop texting and driving? Most of us, although we have been, I've stopped. Yes, I've stopped. Praise God. <laughs> but no, but usually when those moments have happened, if we'll be honest, they did not hinder us from going back and doing those things again. We didn't use the opportunity in that moment where we were spared In many cases, miraculously, even with me with the sleeping uh, at the wheel, you know, uh, one of those moments back in the day and no longer do I go on these drives. You know, my my wife would be like, babe, we need to pull over and sleep. I'm like, no, I got this. You know, the macho side of me, I can keep on going. And, you know, I've had to check myself in regards to that because in many cases, after God has spared us, And after God has done the miraculous or done things in our lives, these things don't necessarily hinder or stop us from doing what we were doing. You know, okay, I'm not going to ask the ladies to put their hands up because y'all are going to come for me. But uh, I'll just ask you this and you can just answer it to yourself. How many of you have done your makeup while you're driving? (laughs) Okay, what about what about let's say this: not texting, driving, makeup and driving, but being distracted, driving. Some of you, you're like, okay, well, I'm not texting and driving. I'm not doing makeup and driving. I'm not doing none of this stuff. Uh, and some of your wives are pinching you right now and girlfriends are pinching you like in this moment because I told you. No, But, uh, but at the end of the day, we oftentimes drive distracted. And the fact of the matter is really where I want to go today and what I want to challenge us around is. The fact that God's miraculous power is most definitely evident in our lives. And it's especially demonstrated in times of difficulty, in the messiest of situations. Like we looked at this past week as we started uh, this series, looking at how God moves in messy situations. But the fact of the matter is that most times, watch this, where the miraculous is present, we often will misuse the miraculous and the supernatural power of God in our lives, we will misuse it or we take it for granted or we don't use it the way that he has desired for us to use it. And I want to, this is, this is the focus where I want to go today because as we're talking about messy miracles, And as we're talking about God's ability to do powerful things in the middle of the messes that uh, that we face in our lives. And last week we were looking at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the middle of the fire. The fact of the matter is this. God has put on my heart to challenge us as we're talking about this. That it's imperative for us, watch this, especially in this season, to properly steward the supernatural if we are going to see god make ways in the wild as we've been talking about and cause streams to show up in the desert it's important for us to steward the supernatural the supernatural uh the right way and remember i told you that when we think about the supernatural we're often thinking about the skies parting and fire coming from heaven and sometimes it's not seen in this sometimes the supernatural is present in god causing you to stay straight when you jacked up and you should have been in an accident but God spared your life in that moment so it's there there it is imperative for us to not only be able to identify the miraculous and the supernatural in our life but especially for us to steward it properly somebody say I got to steward it properly in other words we've got to care properly for his presence in our life when God heals what do you do with the healing When God spares your life, what do you do with it? Do you use it as an opportunity to praise him? Or do you just share it as, oh, this was a crazy story? Or do you use it as a platform to give him the glory? And so it's imperative it's imperative you know people who are witnesses of the supernatural in their lives and truly are ones that desire to use it to give god glory you don't have to pump and prime them to praise and worship god because they realize that the miraculous and the supernatural in our lives is a platform and an opportunity for us to somehow give god the glory who's with me on this morning and so it's imperative for us to have this focus to understand why God heals, you know, why it is that he in, in, uh, imbues us or endows us with certain supernatural abilities, especially as believers. For those of us who are gifted, for those of us who have uh, spiritual gifts as you have been given as 1 Corinthians chapter 12 makes it clear that God gives every believer, somebody say every believer every believer a gift shameless plug for next steps if you're you ought to come to next steps and we go deep into gifts of the spirit and what god has called us to and how it is that he empowers us as believers but the purpose for him doing so when he gives us these gifts it's important for us to understand and to use them for what they are to be used for. So, with this in mind, I want to jump into a, a story today. Because even as the Apostle Paul, as he talks about freedom, I want you to turn to uh, the book of Judges. What book did I say? Going to Judges, and I want to look at Judges uh, from you know. There's a story of Samson, talking about messy miracles. Everybody say Samson. I'm been exploring these stories in the Bible where they are messy stories but god's presence and his power are there and it, today specifically i want to focus in on looking at what are you doing with the supernatural manifestations of god's power and his presence in your life what are you doing with his protection what are you doing with the open doors that he gives you because it's a, it's important for us to fulfill our purpose with the power that god has given us the apostle paul as he says in galatians chapter 5 13 and we're st- we're going to judge's but as we started out by saying he says for you were called to freedom only don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh he says the purpose of our freedom the purpose of the freedom we have through the grace of God the grace that God has demonstrated to us through his death his burial his resurrection from death through the eternal life that he's given us this freedom that we have somebody say freedom this freedom that we have is not for us to use it to do whatever we want, not for us to use it to gratify and to please and to idolize our flesh. But the purpose is, he says, for us to use this to love and to serve one another. And not only this, uh, Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. What book did I say? we're going to romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 stay in judges but i'm just reading this out for your hearing the apostle paul also says uh he says i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice somebody say a living sacrifice and here's this part right here holy and acceptable unto god which is your spiritual worship and i love the king james if you memorize it and the king james says it's your reasonable service in other words it makes sense this act of worship to use your life as not a dead sacrifice you know in the times of old they used to honor god through the sacrifice of dead uh, of dead animals So they would burn animals, they would kill animals and those things would be dead. But now that Jesus has come and has given us eternal life, our response to this, watch this, is to be a living sacrifice the appropriate response to reception of the gospel the appropriate response to us having received the incredible love of god is not sin and is not to be to the place where we use it to be able to live our lives to gratify ourselves but he says it's reasonable it only makes sense for us to be a living sacrifice watch this holy holiness watch this does not save me my living holy does not save me why because as the apostle as the apostle paul says in ephesians 2 8 and 9 and in other places we see this as the the theological theme or tenor throughout the scriptures for by grace are we saved through faith watch this not of works he says it is the gift of god just in case anybody would boast like a lot of us church folk that think that our works save us do come on somebody the reason why you can always tell when people and this ain't the message uh, but i want to encourage you around this you can always tell when you are in an environment that does not understand the gospel because there is a massive effort on the importance of you doing works to please god in order to get god's approval As opposed to, watch this, us living lives that are holy and bringing glory to God in response to the grace that I already have oh my i just sorry that stuff just made me excited because uh, i grew up in an environment that challenged me and to focus on my works and to put a magnifying glass because one day god is coming back and he's going to look at my efforts and that's going to determine whether or not i'm going to make it in or not but i wonder if there's anybody that knows that there is no amount of good deeds that you you can't work your way into it come on somebody and the death of jesus would have been an absolute waste if after Yahweh put on flesh and came into the earth and lived perfectly and died for my sins and rose from death if I then still have to live a life come on somebody to earn my salvation the death of Jesus would have been a waste I wonder if there's somebody that can give him praise in here today because of the grace and the mercy of God and so you know, this is why the Apostle Paul in the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, he tells us that we have got to notice he starts with the helmet of salvation. He says that you have to guard your head with an understanding. Watch this of the fact that you are saved because your works oftentimes. This is why we say no perfect people allowed. One of the reasons why your works oftentimes will tell you, nah, fam, you going to hell. But how many of you know that that's the beauty of the grace of God? The grace of God is not a license to sin. Come on, but it is there for us and it covers us in spite of the fact that we are imperfect individuals. So I'm just setting this up for you to understand this. The grace that he gives us, however, although we don't earn our salvation uh, through holiness, now that we are saved, once you are saved and you receive Christ as Lord and Savior and you become a recipient of this incredible grace, what happens now is that we are focused now shifts to serving God with this grace that he has given us. So now it is our reasonable response to uh, to 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 use this grace that he has given us to be a living sacrifice, to be able to love and serve one another. Come on, serve city. And so, you know, so this is this is important for us to understand as we jump in to this story in Judges 13 about this guy named Samson. Everybody say Samson. And Samson is a story that is familiar, familiar to many, might be new to some of you. Uh, for those who are new to Bible, it's in the first half of the Bible. And it's a, it's a really powerful story about Samson. And, you know, so what ends up happening, it starts in verse, in verse 1 and says, And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Now I told you the story last week about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in sin. They committed idolatry and they were given into Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And we saw God do powerful things even in that moment. Here again, we find that the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And they are now in uh, in, in bondage or given away into the bondage of the Philistines for 40 years. Everybody say 40 years. So here they are again. And the Bible makes it clear in this chapter. I want you to read this thoroughly for yourself when you get uh, home and during this week, I want you to read this story. I'm going to do some summarizing and just pointing out some parts of the uh, pericope or the passage for the for the sake of our preaching on today. So, Samson is born miraculously his parents are unable to have children and in this chapter we find that they uh that they ask god and it's made clear to them that the, an angel comes and it declares to them that they are going to have a son and the son is going to be a nazirite everybody say a nazirite and so this son is going to come forth he is going to be a nazirite meaning no razor is going to be able to touch his head he's not able to drink any strong drink or wine uh and he is committed he is sanctified and will be set apart for the purpose uh, of being able for god to demonstrate his power to uh, and i'm going to show you in a moment to demonstrate his power in this season while they are in captivity to the uh, philistines and so samson everybody say samson samson is born uh in a miraculous sort of a manner in an unconventional manner his starting point his starting point is unconventional it is out of the ordinary and i just want to stick a pin in it and right here and give a side note there are somebody there's somebody in here and there's somebody who's watching at our online campus today you might have been born in a place or in a manner that is unconventional you might have grown up without parents or You might have grown up in a scenario that is less than ideal or a scenario that is special or out of the ordinary. And I just want to say this, you know, and this was in my spirit this week. So I want to say it to someone who might be watching or in the house that feels like you are someone that God can't use. You know, you got to watch for the underdogs, fam. You got to watch for people who have uncommon bratopsy, you know, because the fact of the matter is that God oftentimes—yeah, I said bratopsy, right? Because God oftentimes has a special plan and and desires to use these people in a mighty way. Are y'all still with me? So look here, we find that Samson is born. It's very powerful. And God, I want you to to look at this. God begins to move in his life supernaturally. He is endowed, he is imbued with supernatural strength. Somebody say supernatural strength. I want you to note this. The presence of God is supernaturally at work in Samson's life. And he goes throughout the book and does all sorts of crazy things. Like, for example, he goes and catches 300 foxes. And he not only grabs 300 foxes, he puts torches between their tails, ties them together. This is some good stuff, fam. And then releases them into the bushes of the Philistines and goes and burns down all of their crops. Talk about, yo, getting vexed, fam like that is some serious stuff, he has supernatural strength, he is imbued, he was walking similar to, uh, to to David, David had a similar experience where he killed a lion and a bear, right, but it was, this is a different scenario, Samson, he actually kills a lion, and he doesn't kill a lion probably like David with a, some sort of a tool, he actually kills a lion with his bare hands, so this is, this, just so you understand, he is imbued, he is endowed with some pretty supernatural strength in this moment. And we're going to see why in a moment. And th- let this represent, you know, there, there are many of you who are here today, some of you who are watching at our online campus. And there are things that are different about you. There are things that are a superpower, right? You might not be physically able to grab and rip a lion open. For some of you, you know, it might be your ability to do some with hair. Come on, somebody. And people are like, man, you are really gifted. You you really have incredible ability as it pertains to that. It might be your ability to sing. Come on, somebody. Might be your ability to be able to build things. It might be your ability in a church context. Uh, You might be called to be a prophet. God may show you things supernaturally and give you the ability to see things that others cannot see. You might be a dreamer. You might be a preacher. You might be an exhorter. Romans chapter 12, it lists seven spiritual gifts. You, whatever your supernatural, your gifting is, this is an ability that God gives us that is out of the ordinary. Samson has this ability where his strength is his supernatural ability and he has this and he goes through life and he does things that are unconventional that are out of the ordinary that in many cases are supernatural it's god's supernatural presence in his life and it's powerful because it's made clear watch this uh, can we go to we're gonna go to verse uh, chapter 14 so chapter 14 verse 1 through 5 the bible says samson went down to timnah and at timnah everybody say timnah he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me. Spoiled brat, moves, fam. As my wife. But his father and his mother said to him, is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives? or among all our people that you must go and take a wife from the uncircumcised philistines and it's nuts because uh note this in this moment they're saying you need to marry within your context and he's like no i want that woman and watch this this is powerful because when we're talking about why he has the ability that he has here it is the bible says uh, in verse in verse 4 his father and mother did not know that it was from the Lord for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines and at that time the Philistines ruled over Israel. So it was from the Lord in that moment, although it was an unconventional ask. Samson knew his assignment. His assignment was to go into the Philistines and to overthrow uh, their rulership. He ends up being one of the judges. This is before uh, Israel had kings. Can we teach for a moment? And so this is before Israel has kings, they were ruled by judges. Everybody say, Judges and israel and ends up begging god for kings like the rest of the world and this is the only reason why they even ended up having kings but they were ruled by judges samson is called to be a judge and so what he's getting ready to do he is using this strength that god has given him it's an assignment for him to go and overthrow the power and the rulership of the philistines but not only this Samson's power was supposed to reassure and be assurance to the Israelites that God was still present with them even though they were in a position where because of their sin they had jacked up. And I love this because God is intentional online. God is intentional about going out of his way to always remind us that even when we mess up and land ourselves in stupidness, as my grandmother would say, that God still is there with us. Any witnesses today? So it's there to give assurance to the Philistines, but also to demonstrate his, I mean, not assurance to the Philistines, assurance to the Israelites, but to demonstrate his power to the Philistines. But not only this, this is powerful uh, because it is supposed to be to the place where we're going to see later where he is also making us God through Samson is making a stance against the false God of the Philistines and so here it is if point number one was a point i'll give you this the supernatural is an assurance to the christian a witness to the heathen and an offense to satan here it is let me say it again the supernatural is an assurance to the christian a witness to the heathen and an offense to satan this is the reason why god gave samson the power He gave him the power that he did because it was supposed to be to a place where it was an assurance to the Israelites that he was still with them. But also a witness to the heathen, the Philistines who are around that God's power is great. But then also an offense to Satan whose attempt was to be to the place where he called people, especially in this time, away from the worship of Yahweh, the most high God to worship false gods and idols and so he was making it clear that no yahweh satan is still greater than you and any other god that you empower or anything of this nature to be worshipped by man are you with me and so the reason why god does the supernatural in our lives is to be a witness to those who are around us it's supposed to be to the place where his kindness to us is to show us that he is still with us number one in the midst of our mess he's still with us somebody say he's still with us this is, this is powerful because he was showing the Israelites that he was present even in their mistakes. Romans chapter 2, write this down, verse 3 and 4. If you just read that through, it makes it clear uh, that God's kindness is meant to draw us to repentance. So God's kindness to us, the way that he shows himself and demonstrates his power supernaturally, even when we make mistakes, watch this, is not for us to misuse it or to overlook it or even to just say, oh, that was a cool story, or for me to come up here and just make light of the fact that he spared me when I went on when I was sleeping or driving, sleeping and all. No, it's supposed to be to the place where the kindness of the Lord and the supernatural power of God, it reminds us of his presence but also pulls us to a place of repentance god's kindness is supposed to lead us to repentance we're not to waste it but we're supposed to receive it as god saying hey i'm giving you another chance to get your life right to be to the place where you are walking in holiness and giving me glory with your life The Israelites were in bondage for years, but yet and still they had the opportunity through God's kindness through Samson to get to the place where they repented and got back to where they needed to be. So not only was God uh, demonstrating, as I said, his uh, his assurance to uh, the Israelites, but also to demonstrate as a witness to the heathen, as I'm saying. The things that God does in your life, the purpose of it is supposed to be for you to be able to witness the people around you. They should be able to look at your life. And when when it is that they hear about the stuff that God has done in your life, you're not just going to say, "Nah, that was a crazy story. Or you're not just going to sidestep it. Or you're not going to hold it to yourself. But this is why the Bible makes it clear that in Matthew 5, 16, that we've got to let our light so shine. Come on, somebody. Before men that they may see our good works and glorify our father in heaven you ought to use your testimony you ought to use the power that god has given you 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 might not have the ability to rip a lion in half but what has god given you as an ability that is beyond you what supernatural representation or presence of god is in your life or way that he's endowed you that you are using for yourself we're not to use it for selfish gain If you are someone who does hair, it's not about you whipping up hairstyles so people can say, look how awesome you are. Yes, praise God for pats on the back. But at the end of the day, we use that thing and we minister. My sister, she does hair. She is a magician with hair. She has her own hair salon in the States. And it's powerful because how many of you know uh, that that salon chair is one of the biggest places uh, for ministry and therapy to happen? I'm telling you some of the greatest things she tells all sorts of stories. She is gifted as a prophet and she'll share with me things that the Lord will put on her heart as she is doing people's hair. It's a witness to people who are unbelievers because she is using that as an opportunity to go into places and use the supernatural as a witness to the heathen. Are you with me? And so this is powerful because I want you to understand this talking about the purpose of being on mission as serve city. We don't exist to just have cool lights and pictures and stuff and whatever. No, it's about service and God's miraculous power in our lives, especially in the midst of the pandemic is not for us to just have a cute story, but it's supposed to be to the place where we're able to say our Yahweh, the most high God is Jehovah Jireh. Come on, somebody. And his provision in my life and his protection in my life is not based upon what is happening. Around me, it's based upon his goodness, and we're able to testify about our God who provides. Somebody that he's provided for during this pandemic, you ought to give him the praise in this moment. And so, as a church, when we gather, we don't gather for vanity. We don't gather to say, look how cool we are. This should not be our focus and our purpose. I want to even challenge churches apostolically. I want to encourage you around this. We often ought to look at ourselves to make sure that we have not slipped into vanity. For those who are maybe watching a leader, who may be watching online, it's imperative for us to make sure that the environment that we're in and the gifts that are the supernatural in our midst is not for our benefit but the way that we set ourselves up can i tell you this look 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 uh first corinthians chapter 14 this is just an example uh it pertains to for example uh, the supernatural gifts of tongues and prophecy god gives us the ability to speak with tongues god gives us the supernatural ability as believers to prophesy everybody say prophesy And it's important that even in our employment of these gifts that we are taking in consideration people who do not know the Lord because the idea for God giving us these gifts. Are you seeing where I'm going with this? The reason why he gives us these gifts is not for us to just be like, look how cool I am because I can speak in tongues. I love speaking in tongues. I love speaking in tongues. Paul says in this chapter, he said, I speak in tongues more than all of y'all. But he says, I would rather speak. Watch this. I would rather speak one word in English than a thousand words in tongues. Because my focus when I get together is not to be like, look at how supernatural I am and how cool I am because I got a new tongue every month of the year. But but the fact of the matter is, he says, I want to be able to communicate to you in a way that god can be glorified and the person who is far from god can be able to hear and understand that god is good and make a decision to follow him look look i'm not making it up here it is first corinthians chapter 14 verse 23 to 25 says if therefore the whole church comes together and all speak with tongues can i deal with it okay y'all don't like this watch and outsiders or unbelievers enter will they not say that you are all out of your minds this is what the text says but if all prophesy to prophesy means to declare the word of god whether it be whether it be uh words about foreknowledge or whether it be fourth knowledge or declaring forth boldly the word of god he says but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an outsider enters he is convicted by all he is called to account by all the secrets of his heart are disclosed and so falling on his face he will worship god and declare that god is really among you so he's like if everybody somebody walks into an environment and the supernatural is happening where there are people who are speaking in tongues and everybody's speaking in tongues the outsider he says if there are unbelievers present they're going to be like what on earth is going on and he says, You'll be a foreigner unto them. But at the end of the day, he says, But if all are prophesying, or when unbelievers are present, the word of God is being declared with boldness, or to the place where a prophecy, even if it's foreknowledge, is being declared, where people are learning things about themselves that they have never known before. The, that is potent because the unbeliever comes in and is able to say, Wow, I get it. I'm convicted, and I have to make a decision. I'm compelled to make a decision to respond. To that which I've heard. Are you with me in the house? And so, stewarding the supernatural, is he saying tongues are bad? No, but he's saying you have to use them appropriately. He's saying prophecy is great, use it appropriately. Know how to use it, even in the local church. It's important because we got so much disorder. Everybody just doing whatever they want because the Holy Spirit came on me and told me. How many of you know? I say this all the time the fruit of the Spirit is not lose control, it's self control that's bible galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and so it's imperative for us to use the supernatural gifts that god has given us but use them in the way they're supposed to be used it's powerful uh, john chapter six, 4 verse 16 through 19 if you read this it's it's nuts jesus encounters a woman at the well everybody say woman at the well and when he encounters this woman at the well, she's to a place where she is. She's had five husbands and demand them that she's with at that moment is not her husband. And Jesus shows up to her, and watch this, he doesn't show up to her to disgrace her, but this is how prophecy is used in a powerful way, and it just shows how, uh, you know, because people who walk in prophecy often have words of knowledge, which is something that 1 Corinthians 12 talks about. Words of knowledge being knowing things about someone that they first didn't tell you, but supernaturally you know. And Jesus is walking in this moment. In uh, John chapter 4, he meets this woman, and he says to her, you uh where's your husband she goes i don't have one she goes yeah he goes yeah the one uh you've had five husbands before and the woman that you're with right, the dude you're with right now is not even your husband and she's like oh and she doesn't go get out of it. only god can judge me she doesn't run away she doesn't do none of that <laughs> you know how people do today but she goes i perceive you're a prophet. Because prophets are often marked by words of knowledge. And then she goes, she ends up not only responding to the gospel that he tells her. That he'll give her water and she'll never thirst again. But she then goes and evangelizes her whole Samaritan or heathen country. And watch this. And then they all respond to the gospel. And they believe the words of Jesus because they heard it for themselves. Because Jesus in that moment, he uses that supernatural ability in the right way it's a witness to the heathen it shouldn't push people away are you with me and so here it is so this so number one it's a it's a reminder it's a reassurance to the uh israelites it was that they were that god was with them even in their era but his kindness was meant to draw them to repentance How are you responding to God's kindness uh, to you and his supernatural power to you in the midst of the mess that you're in? But also, watch this, it was meant to demonstrate his power to the Philistines. In other words, it was supposed to be a witness to the heathen. Uh, But then also, this is nuts because you, many times you don't realize this. This is a big deal. Like, it was to emphasize, watch this, his superiority, and I'm going to show you in a minute, over Dagon. Everybody say Dagon. They're false god. Like, there are gods. I'm getting ready to teach on this uh, in, in, in winter school at the end of the year. Uh, for those who are interested, uh, you, you just stay, stay tuned for that. But they're, they're a false god. And God goes out of his way to show his strength and his superiority to the false gods that people set up. It was these gods that the Israelites would run away to go and start worshiping and yahweh would show up and he'd be like nah fam i want to show you who's really the boss later down when the philistines they stole the ark of the covenant which represented the presence of god in first samuel chapter five they take the ark of god and they take it and they steal it and they take it into their temple of the same god dagon and they go away and overnight they come back and guess what ends up happening when they show up <laughs> the statue of their god dagon is overthrown the hands get break off and all of it i mean it was just it was the the it lost its head both of its hands were laying cut on the ground and only the trunk of dagon was left god is serious about idolatry and God, so so it's not just, and I want you to get this, it's not just about a reassurance to us and a call to repentance to us, and not only is it a witness to the heathen, but it's also God making a statement against false gods. And there are many of us who have gone, uh, who have gone idolizing things and God will go out of his way to show his superiority over uh, the television, over our social media. Come on, somebody over that man or that woman that we often will worship over God. God is serious about idolatry. And he went, and he was he was intent about doing this uh, and making this, making it clear that indeed he was superior to Dagon and Baal and all of these other form, forms and false gods that were set up. And so the Philistines, even this idea of David killing Goliath—remember, Goliath is a Philistine—so he's going out of his way to show his superiority in this place. And I, and so so talking about using our supernatural abilities and the things that god gives us and his manifestation of power in our lives the right way Uh, you know we're asking how did samson use his so samson did some good stuff he went and he was making it clear that his power that god's power was present with him the supernatural strength he was overthrowing the philistines uh in many regards and he eventually became uh the judge of the of the israelites You know, but, you know, the fact is that although he was a Nazirite, which meant that he abstained from certain foods and drinks and things of this nature, even though he had a certain diet and all these things and dress code and the way that his hair was, how many of you know uh, that the end of the day, behavioral modification and the things that we do in the way we dress ourselves up doesn't always take care of all of our issues. That's why holiness is more than a dress code. Oh, man, I've got to say that again. I mean, it is people with skirts down to their ankles that are the most lust-filled people I've ever met in their lives, in my lives. Oh, y'all don't want to be real with me people that never got their ears pierced and never wore no earrings and don't wear no makeup or any of that sorts of stuff and lustful full of the devil because a dress code does not confirm or does not empower you to live holy does this mean that you need to go out and wear and dress skanky and be the way no that's not the point of what i'm saying but at the end of the day our focus is often in the wrong place and behavioral modification does not empower us or does not change our hearts the things that we do ought to be an outgrowth of us having a heart that is committed to god who's with me samson was led by his lust and the them used to get vexed fam for everything he would be bent for everything and so for example we see him doing things like uh we see him doing things where he would show up and he would and he would get to the place where he would go and he uh, and he would, would go and get prostitutes. So he would go and he would go into prostitutes. We would find him doing things like this. And this is most definitely something that is outside of what God's desire is. So he would sleep with prostitutes. He would go in and he would do all of these sorts of things. And so it's very, in, it's, in, it's important for us to realize. It's important for us to realize that he often used his strength and his power, but there were underlying issues as it pertains to lust and he had unchecked lust and things that ended up leading to his demise because then now we find at the end of the chapter and and actually, you know, I'm going to tell you this. We oftentimes are blinded from the enemies of our assignment because of our supernatural success. So because he was strong and because he went out and he did his thing, he was going through his life and he was blinded from the lust and the things that were there and he never checked it. He never dealt with it. He just thought that because there was supernatural stuff happening in his life, he was good. And it ends up leading to his demise. How many of you know that that is often the case? Because sometimes because we see people operating supernaturally, we think that this eradicates, uh, this eradicates their, their humanity. Or makes it to the place where they don't have to be accountable or we don't have to be accountable for the things that we do when we misuse power and things of this nature and there are many of us that we idolize leaders because they have a title or because they can preach or because they cast out devils not realizing that in many cases these same people if we look at their lives and we look at the there are things that are unchecked and many of us we are blind to it ourselves and we think we're good as long as we can get up and when i sing people fall out that i'm good but i'm not checking the lust that is consuming me behind closed doors not dealing with the porn addiction can i just keep it real not dealing with the financial stuff that that is happening and 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 we we continue to misuse god's presence in our life yeah god protected us yeah he allowed he for that debt was forgiven but did you change your spending habits this is the this is the point. This is what I'm trying to challenge us. What are you doing? What are we doing with the supernatural presence of God in our lives? How are we stewarding it? Because we're often blinded. We're often blinded from our enemy, the enemies of our assignment, because of our supernatural, the supernatural presence of God in our lives. And I, you know, just moving on and, and, and ending this, I want you to, I want you to grab this and I want you to understand this because he ends up meeting a woman named delilah everybody say delilah and delilah was a philistine but delilah was not assigned there was no assignment on that connection like with uh with the first wife that he had and what ended up happening with that was crazy this is a woman that is purely he's purely connected to because of his lust and in this story bell, red flag number one she starts asking him what's your weakness come on somebody and she asked him the first time yo that should have been a red flag man should have been from then but no he tells her he lies to her she gets vexed with him because he would not tell her his weakness and she goes tell me he lies to her again she sends man to try and bind him and he's so watch this so captured by this lust and this crazy relationship in this moment doesn't this sound like the insanity that some of us practice time and time again you he already beat you he already beat you the first time can i keep it real and then you came back again and you it happened again and instead of saying enough is enough going back it's very it's very it's crazy because oftentimes we don't realize like i'll tell you this god often gives us multiple warnings before the ending let me say it again god often gives us multiple warnings before the ending it wasn't just one time if people show you who you are they are believe them and in this moment delilah goes to him multiple times tell me your strength tell me your strength tell me your strength and samson sets him up to where on the last time it's made clear that his hair is his strength and guess what she chops off the man in hair and as a result he ends up getting bound they cut off his hair the strength that was attached to his hair is gone the supernatural strength it was plundered it was wasted because he decided he did not use the strength that God gave him, the position that God gave him in the right way. It ends up having him in a place where he becomes the laughingstock of the Philistines. So God's supernatural presence is manifest there. And this is my challenge to you. Where in your life right now is God's presence manifesting supernaturally? Where is God warning you? Make sure you don't drive sleepy. Stop texting and driving. Where is it that he is? protecting you and he's giving you warning after warning this is it see this is not the popular stuff that you hear uh today but it's important for us to understand where are you and i where are we wasting the warnings where do we need do you need to go get help for that alcohol addiction has it been have you had a few too many uh more than a few couple times and now it's the time where you god is god has been warning you have you been blacking out waking up in beds and you don't remember how you got there is it time is it really worth it for all that you have everything that God has blessed you with for you to lose it all and we oftentimes get the warning after the warning after the warning he got these warnings and then he ends up and this is the powerful thing here it is uh, here it is in this moment and I want to I let you know this because it's powerful at the end of the story at the end of the story The Bible says in verse 28, when Samson is in a place where he is bound, where he becomes the laughing stock. He remembers his assignment. He remembers what he was there for. He comes to his senses and watch this in verse 28. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, oh, Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once. Oh God that I may be avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes because they end up gouging out his eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars so there's this party that's happening and 3,000 men and women and these people are here and they wanted him to come and entertain these people. And then what ends up happening is he asks and cries out for God to meet him at that moment. And then he says in verse 30, and Samson even is willing to sacrifice himself. Let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength. And the Bible says, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. Then his brothers and his family came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eschatol, the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had judged Israel for 20 years. So Samson finds himself in a place where he is the laughingstock because of the foolishness that he did, because he didn't heed to the warnings of God because he used the supernatural strength that he had in the wrong way and he finds himself where he's called upon to be mocked and he cries out to god in that moment and says god this one time use me use me to mash up these philistines that have us in bondage as was my assignment and god supernaturally gives him strength without his hair In that moment, it's a different scenario. They cut him bald and they kept him bald. But God shows him that the power that I'm able to empower you, even if you lose the thing that you you, did use to be to the place that I identify, even if that marriage is gone, or even if you've lost things in that moment. It's watch this here it is. As long as you're alive, there's always time to get right with and be used by God and the bible says he collapses that thing and all of the them die all of the philistines are gone more than he even killed in his whole life when he had his hair and stuff was in order and i want to tell somebody today it might seem for the person who has lost it all the person who has blown it the person who is now a laughing stock the person who nobody's taken serious i dare you to cry out and say i'm lost without you god i need you and even just like that thief on the cross that was dying right next to jesus who didn't even have an opportunity to live for god for any time after that he was dying and he's he says to god in that moment god i want to be with you in paradise and jesus saves him right there on the cross that is next to him you can have restoration in your life today you watching at our online campus you can you can have life change. God can use you no matter what you have lost. As long as there's high, there's breath, there is hope the supernatural fact that God has kept you alive to this point you can still use the rest of your life no matter how short it might be or no matter how long it might be to make the most impact and I prophesy and declare to somebody in this house just like Samson did more damage in that one moment for the glory of God than he did for his whole life I believe that God can make the latter part of your life so potent that he can cause you to bust through walls and to run through troops and establish his kingdom in a mighty way even more than what happened in the times when you were in the place that you wanted and that god was desirous of and so i'm believing for restoration and i'm believing for those of you who are here and those of you who are watching for us to make up in our mind we're not using our freedom As an occasion for the flesh. But we're using it to love and serve one another. And where we have failed and where we have messed up and. Where we are lost. God can still use you. God can. Somebody say God can still use me. And this is why we say no perfect people allowed. And I'm taking my time especially because I want you to get this. Because we're imperfect, I'm imperfect, and we mess up. But I'm so grateful that we serve a God who still is capable, as we say every week, of taking even our mess-ups and mixing them together and turning them out for good. Thank you, Jesus. And so in this moment, I would be remiss, even as we get ready to, for our baptism on today, I would be remiss if I didn't call you today to respond to the greatest supernatural thing that has ever taken place in earth's history. Even as we prepare and we ramp up for the Christmas season that is ahead. The greatest event that has taken place, the advent or the coming of God to earth. That when we were jacked up, when Adam and Eve messed it up, the bible says the wages of sin is death death in hell and bodily death we know that i don't have to convince you that people are dying they're dying every day when we were in that position and stranded and struck god yahweh the god we're talking about the most high god put on flesh in the person of jesus christ he came to earth jesus meaning yahweh rescues he came to rescue us And Jesus lived perfect because he knew you and I would not. And not only did he live perfect, but he died on the cross in our place. He took our punishment. And then on the third day, because he's God in flesh, he rose from death with all power. And now he extends to us eternal life. To everyone, watch this, who would believe in him. As the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes, puts trust, gives their lives to him. You say, God, here, take my life. You can do better with it than I can. That that person, that you and I, that we would have relationship with God. We would have eternal life. And not only this, he also gives us this gift so that we now can live a life that brings glory to him. And so in this moment, those of you who are under the sound of my voice, those who are watching at our online campus in this moment, I want to compel you. I want to call you to trust in Jesus. I'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment. Every head bow, every eye close in the house and online if you are watching And you're like, you're to the place where you're like, now, now is my time. Now is my time. Pastor Andrew, I hear what you're saying. And today is the day. Now is my time to trust Christ for the first time. Or today is my time. If you have run away from God and you're like, I need to come back home. I've been hearing the warnings. I've been sensing the kindness of the Lord and this kindness that is meant to draw me to repentance, and today I want to respond and say, "Yeah, God, I'm coming home. I'm coming back home in this moment." And so, on the count of three, if that person is you, you're like, include me in that prayer, Pastor Andrew. With every head bow and every eye closed, if you're like, "Today is my first time. Today is my first time," or "I'm coming back home," include me in that prayer. It's between me, you, and God. Every head bow and every eye closed in this moment one two pop that hand up if that person is you three come on i see that hand praise god is there anybody else saying today is my day i see i see those hands praise god and even online if that person is you today and you're like this is my time i want you to see stretch those hands in this moment and so in this moment i'm going to lead this prayer of commitment every head bow every eye closed and if that person is you I want you to pray this prayer with me in Surf City. We don't let people pray by themselves. Let's pray with them as an affirmation of their faith, and let us pray, uh, and let us pray with them so that we are supporting them in this moment. And so we declare and we just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins, and rising from death with all power. Come on, pray with some confidence. Say, Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. And be with me now and forevermore. And I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, praise God. Can we celebrate those who have made the decision today? Come on, can we celebrate those online who have made that decision today? Glory to God. Listen, as we get ready for our baptism, I want to do something in this moment. I want to do something in this moment can you stand to your feet for a moment because i sense and we're going to move into our baptism but i sense there's somebody in the house or there's somebody watching online and in this moment you're like pastor i am that guy i am now i have lost my hair i've lost all of this i've heard the, the missed the warnings all that stuff and today is my time today i want i need some restoration in my life I need some breakthrough in my life. I want God to restore his strength to me. I want God to do a new thing in my life. I want to say, God, I want this supernatural in my life. If you're not ashamed in this moment, you're like, you know what? I want some special prayer. I want you to leave your seat and come real quick. Just come to the altar and let's keep space. Let's keep space. But if you're like, that's me. I want, I want some special prayer. I'm just saying, God, I want to I do over in my spirit. I want some strength to be able to move into this season. If that person is you, and online, if that person is you, I want you to just go ahead and put that hand emoji up. If you're like, God, restore, give me strength. I need some renewal in my spirit. I just want to open this opportunity for you in this moment. If you're unashamed and you're like, that's me, I want to pray for you in this moment. Glory to God. God, I thank you so much for what you've done in this moment. We thank you that even though we have gone far lord god and oftentimes we misuse your power and your presence in our lives i thank you that as long as there's life there's hope and for those who are here and watching online who are in the place lord where they are desirous and even this one who has come lord jesus as well and you're like i want a refresh god i pray that you would pour out your spirit yet again cause a refreshing even because of her faith in coming forward and for those online and i just pray god for a refreshing i pray for a renewal i pray lord god that you would make what happens in this part of their life in this part of her life stronger than anything that she's experienced before and that those who are watching have experienced before and i thank you and i give you praise in jesus mighty name amen amen come on can we celebrate in this moment and god honor you because of your Faith.